podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to the 5D Plan Podcast. Hooray. Pod 303. Uh, we're going to start off with some admin, of course. Oh, Before oh, we do that, let, Kevin Day's here. Let, yeah, let me know when the admin's done. I'll <laughs> just pop out for a cup of tea. You secretly <laughs> love pop the back admin. Into the artistic stuff. Uh, I like the art, not the admin. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a t shirt slogan. And uh, making his first appearance on the pod this season since. His big summer switch yeah. uh, to the athletic. It's yeah. of course Dom Fifield. How are you? I'm very well. Look at throwing, literally throwing cash about as he walks into the <laughs> um, I'm not sure his, that's falling out of his pocket <laughs> since like he's been moved. Move away from that statement. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what happened. I'm all no, about the admin as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, let's get straight into the admin uh, because we. Start the pod each week by asking people to subscribe to us wherever you're listening to it because it helps it get up the charts and give us a five-star review and rating. Are you ready for some reviews, Kevin? Always ready for the five-star reviews. This Well, they're all five-star, thankfully. Some of them read like a four, to be honest, but, you know. <laughs> read like a four. That's one for the Canadians listening. Um, this one is for you, I think, because it's from The Nobby Clark, and he's titled it The Jerry Murphy of Pods. Oh, The oh. Nobby Clark. Well done, Nobby. And he's for, uh, much like the great man... Underrated yet talented, mm. measured and entertaining, mm. an interesting view of the club, team and life as a Palace fan. Is that, mm. Was that a fair assessment of Jerry Murphy? Uh, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I think it probably is actually. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I was, I was, funny, I, I drifted away then because I was wondering why <laughs> traditionally clerks were called Nobby as they were in... In the army in the forties and fifties, if your if your surname was Clark, you got called Nobby Clark. Okay, and you but you don't know. No, I don't, it's, and it annoys me because I normally I'm a, I'm a Wikipedia when it comes to that sort of thing. Well, if anyone's listening and knows why, yeah, tweet us in, and maybe yeah, next it takes, week it takes a lot we... for me to drift away from Jerry Murphy. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. speaking of Jerry Murphy, the BT Sport film team in the eighties yeah. is, is debuting tomorrow night on BT Sport, and some of the FYP team went to the uh, premiere at Box Park. Good. Yeah, apparently it's excellent. Yeah, it's really some, good. Although Jerry Murphy, they couldn't find. He, uh, as part of the deal, BT suggested that they did a separate film with me looking for Jerry Murphy. And basically, I said, look, I, like searching I, for Eric. Well, basically, <laughs> I said, look, I'd love to do that, but yeah, I don't think he wants to be found, basically. No. And I think that's the view from a lot of the, his uh, contemporaries. Mm. Uh, he moved, disappeared for his own reasons, and apparently he's well and happy, but he, he wants to stay under the radar. But there's some fantastic footage on that. 
that BT oh, film. Fantastic film, yeah. Really, so, really, so when is it, it debut again? It's it's on BT Sport tomorrow night. I think it's about 11.30. So Wednesday, so, Wednesday night. Yeah, but then it will be on sort of five or six times over the next And on whatever the days. BT player is, whatever yeah, that is. Yeah. Um, the next podcast review is from Sam Fevo. Hi, Sam. And he says, my favourite podcast, whenever the latest episode of the FYP podcast comes out, I'm straight to it. Oh. Having moved away from South London a good few years ago, it's quite lengthy. Uh, now it gives me a chance to hear what other people from uh, other Palace fans think of transfers, recent performances and all things Palace. Keep up the good work. Jim Daly, Kev- Kevin Day. <laughs> no, wait, sorry. Jim Day. Keep up the good work. Jim Day, Kevin Daly, John Endicott, and Andy Sills, <laughs> and all the rest. Excellent that's, references there, that's Sam. That's very funny. If you listened to last week, that's very funny. It's a callback. It's also interesting, Dominic, how much of a theme it is that how many of our listeners are exiles. Yeah, fair point. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, we, that's, we're sort of becoming aware that just how many Palace fans there are dotted around the world, aren't yeah. we? Yeah, because we always used to think we weren't that sort of club. But we, are, we are, and now, we have a lot of listeners around the world as well. Fi- this final review is for our, uh, it's titled Pod Extras. It says, well done, lads. Bleeding marvellous. Can't believe people said JC was funnier than Kevin. And that's from someone called JC Oxted. Yeah, I... <laughs> I'm not sure who's sent that in, but um, a very nice review. Thank you very much for those reviews. Uh, keep leaving them, please, and we'll read out more next week. Our patron shout-out this week is... Bill Hogan. Hi, Bill. Hey. What a legend. And Bill was part of the WhatsApp club, What's which you can join uh, at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. The $5 tier, which is the Jason Punchin tier, uh, you get in the WhatsApp club. There's a lot of good chat going in there with some lovely people. Are you ready for some more chat mm. about Crystal Palace, mm. specifically the Man City game, mm. Dom, mm. Uh, at the weekend? First defeat at home this season. Uh, was it a case of Palace not being quite at the races or City just being incredibly good? I'd go with the latter. I thought City were outstanding. Um, it was one of those David Silva, David Silva masterclasses that he has put on a few, fair few times against Palace, actually, over the years. Um, if, if they'd been, if Sterling had been on song with his finishing, I think we would have seen uh, them, that, that scoreline look a lot more healthy uh, yeah. in terms of City. But I, I, I didn't take... I wasn't downhearted by it. I thought I saw a lot of reaction on social media afterwards saying that Palace were unambitious and hadn't really had a go. But actually, if you look at that first half, A, City probably didn't let Palace come at them. And the one time Palace did build up a head of steam and commit players forward was in the 20 seconds after City had scored their first goal. Mm. And, you know, City then hit them on the break and scored a, a, an absolutely sublime second. I thought that... The showing in the second half was okay. City had effectively won the game by then, but there was a lot more resilience and a, and and a threat as well. And you know what Christian Benteke has to do to score a goal, God only knows, because that was a that was a throwback header that one. Well, we're going to talk about Christian Benteke in part two of, of the course. pod today, off the back of someone's excellent article. Someone's about him written a really good article. At the Athletic, about I don't know who that was, but no it was idea, very good. Whoever it is deserves a bit of. But, but um, <laughs> Dom's absolutely what right because if you try <laughs> if you try and go at City. You just get picked off, don't I, you? I, I, yes, you do. I agree. I, and I, I, I have to say, I'm slightly disagree with Dominic. I mean, I, I, there are just two things to this point. I had some friends who were Man City fans, four of them who I met afterwards, and three of whom did the, did the very polite. Well, that's the best we've played away from home for for two seasons. <laughs> and one of whom did the well. We were as good as you let us be, basically. Right. And I thought in the first half we were. Ex- exceptionally timid. I think, yeah, you know, Wolves and Norwich played that way against City and beat them, but they've got far more pace than we have. We, there's, there's, we simply can't sit back. We haven't got the electric pace, the two or three players 
that can. So it's one of those times when I very rarely advocate a long ball, but we just, we just couldn't find a way to relieve the pressure on us no. in the first half in particular. It's only really when Benteke came on and we went more direct that, that started to ease up a little bit, by which time, if it wasn't for Hennessy, they could probably have been 5-0 up. Why that wasn't a penalty, much as I love Palace, mm. I can't understand why that wasn't a penalty on, on De Bruyne. De Bruyne, really? Oh, you thought that was a penalty? I thought it was a clear penalty. I, thought, I, thought, I also thought Luca was lucky to stay on the pitch for his yellow card in the first half because that was right in front of us. And that was just, but I, just, I thought we were timid in the first half and I thought... the. We've been saying on this pod all season, Dominic, that one day someone's going to target Wardy. And this was a time mm. when they got the ball to Sterling as often as possible. And Wilf just showed so little interest in in covering for him. Mendy, Mendy played as a second winger. Mendy was behind Sterling yeah. pretty much the whole game. And Schlupp's fine. You know my views on Schlupp. Townsend should have started that because Townsend can hold the ball better than Schlupp. He's better defensive cover than Schlupp is. So both fullbacks were kind of exposed in the first half. And yes, yes, City were good, but we did give them a lot of time and space to be good. And they sort of declared at two 0 To be fair, <laughs> declared. And it was it, well, they sort of did in a way. They 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 fairly strolled through the, the second half. So I was disappointed. And what I was disappointed with most, I have to say, is Roy Roy Hodgson's comments afterwards when he reverted back to old school Roy just after he took over when he said um, that was as good as we can be with the players we've got. So he said, "I'm not disappointed because with with the, what he said, the, with the, what I've got at my disposal, that was as good a result as we could get, well, which I think is not a particularly good thing to say." He's been saying got, that for a while, hasn't yeah, but he? we've got a much better squad now. There's no two ways about it. And we've got players that he brought in, and that first half at home, I think City realised within two or three minutes that we had no intention of. of yeah, and, and but also, it's that classic thing. Really optimistic Palace fans at half time going, "Well, if it'd been nil nil, we'd be we'd be saying job done." It's like well, it's not. It's two nil. Yeah. We're losing 2-0. We okay, could be right. losing 4-0, so it wasn't job done, was it? Let, <laughs> let's, there's a lot to unpick from that. <laughs> um, the penalty, and also I'm going to chuck to you, Dom, as well, the De Bruyne boot in the face of Kiate, which I think was another sort of talking point in the game. People thought should have been a yellow. My dad thought that was actually a red card yeah, as well. Yeah, so what are your thoughts on those two incidents? Uh, yellow card possibly for De Bruyne. Um, I don't think it was. there was any intent there, but yeah, he had his... Had his foot high and he's made contact. Um, the penalty, if the referee had given it, I doubt very much VAR would have overruled it. Wow. Um, so the fact that he didn't give it, therefore VAR wasn't going to overrule him either. That's just the way yeah. the system is working. Well, VAR was having a shocker full yeah, time at the yeah. moment. So. Uh, but look, yeah. that, that, there was a shove. I thought Will shoved him. Yeah. I, I, th- I think the, he gets past him and he's frustrated and he... And he and he shoves him over. So it, it, I thought I, I I missed the shove because I thought it was one of these cases of De Bruyne. He looked like he sort of left his left leg. You know, no, players no, do that. So there was a contact there was a clear, body. There was a clear. I, I think possibly it's one of those things. If it had been a defender, I think he probably would have definitely given a penalty because yeah. it was Wilf. I think he may have given. Oh, him interesting. Benefit. Oh no, it was a proper shove. It was like he, he both hands in the. Look, in you talked about Wayne Hennessy there, and I think it's only fair that we give Wayne cri- yeah. uh, criticism. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> he's entrenched in me. Um, praise because we we do criticise him a lot. We had a few questions. Uh, Chaz Lucas says... Hi, Chaz. Hi, Chaz. Says, um, should we be worried that Roy may stick with Hennessy after a pretty good performance against City? He's done it before. We'll come on to that. And Rob Wall says, how do we find a way to blame Hennessy for the loss? Um, which I think is something we'd have done in the past. But he, he was, he was, I think, arguably our best player. He was really good. In the second half, in particular, there were Palace fans blaming him for the, the second goal because like, there's a lot of memes with, you know, putting a net between his legs because he got nutmegged again. And that, I think that's harsh. From the close, it was so close and it was such a fast move and it was a, it was a, 
It was an astonishing it was, finish. It was, it was an absolutely a beautiful brilliant. Finish. I mean, it's more disappointing that it was a simple lofted yeah. lob pass that was allowed. Yeah. It was allowed and time and, and space. And he wasn't tracked. And it wasn't tracked. It was allowed time and space to do it. There were even people who were saying, well, Hennessy had time when it, the first goal bounced back off the post. Right. He could have reacted quicker. Well, that's not that, that's nonsense. Anybody who criticised Hennessy on. Because he made three. World class. I mean, people talk about Hennessy never keeping us in the game, and but he didn't technically because by that time we were out of it. But in the second half, he was the one down to his right. Was, in particular was, was fantastic, outstanding. Yeah. Save, Having said that, not as good as the save we'll talk about when we talk about Benteke. But mm. yeah, he was fat. But I don't think there's any doubt, Dominic, is there, that Goethe would go straight back in the. I'd be astonished if he didn't. Yeah, um, I think that they that, that they seriously looked at playing him. On Saturday, um, but it's. I think in the end, it, they just erred on the side of caution. Probably rightly given the run of games and the fact that it was City. And and you know, what, what was the injury? Have you got any insight? Groin, I think. I, okay. I think it was a groin problem. I think, well, I think Roy spoke about it afterwards. I think both Kelly and and Gaita had uh, groin issues, um, which they picked up in the training session the day before. I think. Right. Um, but look, Wayne did well, and it was a reminder that, that there is a there is a goalkeeper there, a, a, an international goalkeeper waiting in reserve. But yeah, I'd be dismayed if if Vicente Gaeta lost his place yeah. on the ba- basis of that good performance from Wayne Hennessy. I mean, well, that is how Gaeta got his place yeah. in the team last yeah, season. Yeah, I know. I yeah, mean, Roy, we've talked before about Roy. Has always said you you have to work hard to get back into yeah. a, a Palace team, but we didn't win. So I, I, I'd be interested to see what you think, Dominic, about whether Kelly will come back in for Tompkins or that's that's I find that that's a more intriguing question, really, because because they've got so many good options at centre half. I mean, I, I want to know what happens when Sacco is fit, and yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, at the moment Gary Cahill feels undroppable. Yeah. Um, Despite the fact that the last season's first choice centre half pairing is is waiting to come back yeah. in, um, I thought that, that Tomkins did well. He obviously wasn't capable of getting through the ninety minutes. Uh, another week of training behind him this week, he'd, he'd be in a better position to do that uh, at Arsenal Sunday. But if Kelly proves his fitness, it wouldn't surprise me if he came yeah. straight back in. I, we were talking last week. I, one of the reasons I was disappointed that Kelly wasn't playing, apart from the fact he's been playing well, was that this was kind of like his first big test. Yeah. So it would have been really interesting to see if Cahill and Kelly came through this one. But Kelly was injured, wasn't he? Yeah, he was injured, yeah. yeah he wasn't, but I think, it, and I'm not suggesting for a minute that we would have not conceded those goals had Kelly been playing, but this would have been a real chance to see whether he was had improved the way we think he had and whether he was mobile enough against the top opposition. But Speaking of top opposition, I mean, this is obviously the first of that run of five games against... Mm. the five teams that are above us in the table we are still sixth by the way despite the loss so that we are so, still yes, in a yeah, European I, place that, I should point out when I was talking about Palace's bad luck about you know how typical Palace is it that we're playing the five teams above us and, and one <laughs> rather snidey producer pointed out well in the past you've normally been playing one of the 18 teams above you so it's like <laughs> just happens take to the be, win where you can be, yeah. <laughs> but do we, do we think talking and you're talking about uh, Palace maybe not uh, being as adventurous as possibly they could have done at home. Do you think Roy will take anything from this game, Dom, into the next five, uh, four games against those top teams? Or do we think previously he's not really done that, so he stick to sort of what he knows? I Again, I would be surprised. There's, there's, he's got a choice to make at Arsenal because Benteke did well there yeah. last season yeah. and scored his goal there last season. Yeah. Um, he will look at the vulnerability in, in Arsenal's back line and wonder at set plays whether... And, and incidentally, Palace have suddenly... When, now that they've taken Luca off those 
set play deliveries, they yes. actually look more of a threat. Yeah. And it was a great corner from Van Arnold yeah. that actually provided Benteke with his chance. Well, we, look, we do have questions. I'll, I'll go on to that later. We do have questions about set pieces, actually. But, but that said, even even now, even after the back of that, that City performance, I think it's highly unlikely that he starts with Benteke. Yeah. And I has done well, and he, he fits the sort of tigerish industrious approach that Roy wants the team to play with mm. particularly away from home um, he is his movement's better than Benteke's mm. I, I, th- I don't think he gets into as many good scoring opportunities or positions as, as Benteke does I don't think he's a we know he's not a natural goal scorer um, and somewhere somewhere deep down in, in, in Christian Benteke there is a natural goal scorer yeah, yeah. Um, if we could get him out, if we could get him out, and get rid of Benteke, really, that'd be but, great. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I, but you know, I, I actually, I, I suspect it will be IU uh, on, on Sunday again, and that you might then argue, well, what, what have we learnt from from the City game? Well, well, not very much. Although I would say that there's a, there's a decision to be made in midfield as well. Yeah, uh, I thought McCarthy was outstanding at, at West Ham. Yeah, yeah, and he's probably pushing. Luca far more yep. for, a, for a place than we can. It's those centre back and midfield positions that we know. We I are thought McCarthy's in. range of short passing mm-hmm. and his positive approach away at West Ham were, were a breath of fresh air. So yeah. I think the thing about the top five is really interesting, as we've talked about this last week. It's, it's only really Man City and Liverpool that we, you'd be amazed if we got points from. Mm. To be honest, uh, you know that, that, that those two are way ahead of yeah. Chelsea. Are, are a good side, but they're unpredictable. They're young. Leicester, we've got a reasonably good record against yeah, the Sarah's part. Yeah. Um, I watched Arsenal last night against Sheffield United and they look, I mean, for all their possession, they look shot shy and timid and you'd like to think that we would, wouldn't treat them like Man City, but mm. we know exactly how we're going to play against mm. them on Sunday and, and I think Dominic's right. I don't think Benteke will, will be starting. I think the lineup will, the only decision is probably set. I don't think he will change the midfield until he has to, to be honest, because he... I think at the moment he's pretty much fixed on what he's starting well, with. Well, the change at West Ham, McCarthy and played at West Ham because Luca was, was suspended. Yeah, so I've, I think arguably Townsend might come in for Schlupp. I don't, I, again, I doubt that. So I think the only decision he's got to make is at centre-back if, if all of them are, are fit. And I see, I'm with you because I, I, I'm fairly certain that our best centre-back pairing at the moment is Kelly and Cahill. Mm. And again, I didn't think I'd ever find myself well. saying that. I but, really like Martin Kelly. But, we, but just, Tompkins, uh, we said this, because arguably Tompkins and Sacco are, without a doubt, better, probably better centre-backs than, than Kelly. But it's not always the best players that yeah. make the best pairing. So yeah, at the yeah, moment, so. Kelly and Cahill together... Mm. I, I, for me, would be would be the starting choice. Me too, and I really like Martin Kelly. Um, just on the Man City game, then before we move on, h- how are we feeling overall after that performance? Do we, do we considering how well we've done before beforehand? Was it to quote a bit of a cliche, put a bit of a free hit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can look at it like that. I, I, as I say, I, did, I didn't, I didn't come away from that particularly dismayed or downcast. I just thought. Sometimes you just have to hold your hands up. Yeah. City are outstanding. They're an amazing they football were team. Also, yeah. They've had some bad days yeah. of late, but you know we inflicted one of them last season, and it doesn't yeah. happen very often. Yeah, it was a show. I, yeah, they've got a makeshift makeshift central defence, which again was wise disappointing that we didn't put more pressure on them. But to be honest, as soon as I saw the league table and we were still yeah. six, I thought I was looking at the league yeah. table from the morning. I, I, so that was <laughs> quite encouraging, yeah. but. It wasn't the free. It's just it's that odd thing that if if somebody who didn't know anything about football had looked at the league table before the game, they'd have gone, "What well, is this? Is going to be a close game? This is <laughs> f- this is third against six, and there's only <laughs> two points." Exactly. So, but it, I don't think any Palace fans saw it that way. But it's just 
It just felt a bit old-timey, Palace, and that was disappointing. I think but I, in the context of the season, you, you, that disappointment didn't last too long, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, and it won't do if we didn't get a few points over the next few games. I just think, think as we're well, capable of doing. After they lost at home to Wolves and us being the next game, I felt like we'd, we're never going to win it. Yeah. There's always going to be a reaction to that kind of disappointing How defeat. not going to react then? <laughs> Hopefully well, they haven't got, not. They haven't got the players. No, so, no, no, I mean, that was... If I was an Arsenal, that was such a lacklustre performance. I mean, Sheffield United did a, just fully deserved to win, even with only 20-22% possession. Well, I think so, it should give us a lot of confidence, actually, going to that game as to how they can be beaten. And set pieces, definitely. We had questions well, about that. City, City, can, City could make 10 changes and still have a world-class mm. team. Arsenal can't do that. Arsenal haven't... You know, Lacazette probably won't be fit enough to start again, but beyond those that front two, there's nothing on the bench that you think this is going to terrify us. No. It's not a vintage Arsenal no. team. By any stretch of the imagination. Shouldn't have, um, shouldn't have said that, should I? <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll, so, cut, I'll cut that. I'll cut it out. Um, let's move on to part two, where we're going to be discussing... What about set pieces? You want to talk about well, set pieces? We, do you want to track it in now? We've got a question well, about it. Oh, why question. not? Yeah, yeah why not? We'll mix it up. Do what you want. It's, it's, like my, it's my podcast. Yeah, it's podcast. <laughs> the jazz Whose podcast, podcast is it? It's our podcast. Oh, this part, no, this, is, uh, this part is our podcast. The, yeah, the, yeah. the next part, part is Amazon GS. Yeah, right. The Athletic. Okay, well, look, we do have two questions about Luca. Uh, one is from Sam Harris Photo. Hi, Sam. Who says, Luca in capitals. Huh. To me, he seems to be playing less than his best all season. Bench, question mark. This is like he's done it in like semaphore. Mm. Semaphore? <laughs> the other one. Um, Martin in Cahill Captain. P.S. Thanks in capitals for the podcast. <laughs> Love it. I listen every week from Ballinjup in Western Australia. Originally a oh, Thornton well, Heath well. boy. Oh, there we go. Another one. Yeah, yeah, well, another one. Um, and then PC Wires Hi, PC. has added on saying the pod has been very negative about Lucas set pieces, apart from penalties. <gasps> Sugar, I was meant to see. I was meant to meet PC Wires on Saturday. Were you? Oh damn! Sorry, <laughs> P- oh. Well, yeah, be, so I'm hopefully there'll be other opportunities. To, yes, sorry, PC. We'll, to meet we'll the catch up. PC. Um, <laughs> so I still haven't found out whether he's a PC or. A- <laughs> It's a PC, basically. so PC would have gone mad after. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, after the near successes of PVA's corners on Saturday, should he be our permanent set piece taker? So two things in there: Luca, and we were talking about midfield choices before, and PVA on set pieces. Dom, I don't think Luca has played particularly well to date this season he, go back this time last year we probably had the same argument yeah very much so um, he, he warm, tends to warm up as the season goes on yeah. I think in, in the past maybe last season even when he was absent you noticed a difference when he wasn't around and in a negative way and this year we're, we're better stocked for options um, to fill in for him yeah um, and let's be honest, it's only going to be another four games before we have to put, serve a two-match suspension. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, he picked up, he picked up his next yellow 12 six. minutes into the game. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and maybe actually, well. yeah. maybe thinking about it, that's we should sort of bear that in mind when we sort of assess his performance on Saturday because playing against that City team when you've been booked after 12 minutes mm. you know, sets you on on edge. Um, I, he, look, he'll come good. He's a quality player. He's, he's got pedigree. He'll, he, he will end up I'm sure being our our best midfielder come the end of the season again, but you know everybody's allowed to have a little dip in form, and at the moment he, he has got that. In terms of the set piece delivery, he has been. <laughs> I found him exasperating in terms of the corners, um, and it's just nice to to shake it up a bit and and to have different options there. I actually I used to like Andros taking the, yeah. the corners. He's obviously not in the team at the moment, but but Patrick Van Arnold is an is a is a great option to have as long as you've got. 
a bit of defensive cover or pace waiting at the halfway line for the, for the inevitable counter-attack. <laughs> Do you think Luke is harder to drop because he's captain? Yeah. Roy's mentality is, is that way? Yeah. I don't think Roy Hodgson would have any qualms about dropping him if he was playing poorly and he right. was his captain. I, but I, I, I don't think we should forget that he is, as I say, he's still a very, very good player. Yeah. He's an international class midfielder. He's, he's just got back into the into the national team right. after a period of um, exile. Um, and that might be affecting him as well. I yeah. mean, that, that, little things like that, having to travel to to qualifying matches and there's been no respite for him. I mean, that, that could be that could be affecting his performance but as well. that exile wasn't to do with form, though. because he had a no, massive kicked off in the dressing room, didn't he? Yeah, with, with, the, with the previous manager, manager yeah. yeah. But that's been yeah. sorted now, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's, yeah. Why he's gone, back, I think, yeah. yeah, that's why he's back in the squad. What are your thoughts on the set-pieces thing? Because it's undeniable that PVAs are, are better. I... I was always baffled by the fact that Luca took them from both sides, which is mm. fine when he's hitting them with his right foot. But so it, it just makes it so easy for defenders because they right, okay, this one's going to be an outswing and this one's going to be an inswinger. I just think you have to mix it up, and I don't think there's any team in the in the Premier League that doesn't mix it up to an extent. And it, I there's always that. That's why I ask about that captain thing because there's always that discussion where a lot of people go, well, he he probably insists on taking them yeah. all the free kicks because he's yeah, captain. I we know Van Arnold hits a really good ball with his left foot. We know Andros, if he's on the pitch, is more or less two-footed, mm. so could mix it up. But it's just those little... It's just the lack of pace in his corners. It's, mm. it's all that same little dink Lollipop, towards the 18-yard yeah. box. There must be a reason so, they do that, though, because lots of clubs do them. But it seems really easy to defend against, but there must be a reason that they... But we never like, see... Sort of the I, near I post think, flick on or something? I like think that. it's a... Yeah, Roy's experience is a good thing, and sometimes it's a curse, because Roy's not of a generation that spent a lot of time on imaginative fancy Dan free kick corner routines. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we know in his heart of hearts that Roy would love to send a four four two team out every time if he possibly could, but things have gone beyond that. And we you know, he's pretty much put it in the mixer for which is as we'll discover is fine when Benteke is able to make something out of nothing. But the the lack of the lack of variety in routine was was telling and and the lack of pace. I mean PVA has got one of three or four players it can take. Mm set pieces but you know it's not you watch a Liverpool player or uh, the other top teams there's always three or four players arguing about which one of them is going to take it and with Palace it's like well yeah, Luke, just give it to Luca because he's mm. going to take it. and also I suppose you could argue he's such a good penalty taker it, well, makes, you, it makes you wonder why his other set pieces aren't but they have been good. I mean, they have they have had moments where yeah, certainly the free kicks yeah. have been better. Yeah, than Yeah, the, di- the, the direct free kicks. Yeah. yeah, rather than the actual delivery into the box. Yeah, the yeah. clip the clip delivery into the box has become a bit. Yeah. But he went through a phase where he was doing sort of taking deep the, the Arsenal goal for Benteke was a deep come as a free kick on or, or open play. It was a deep, it was a deep cross, it, wasn't yeah. it? He those are quite good, and he's done a couple of them onto Benteke's head in the past, yeah. rather than that. Again, but again, but it's a whipped he, ball, rather than yeah. sort of floated. He doesn't often have Benteke on the pitch to yeah. deliver. Yeah, it that's to. a fair yeah. point as well. Yeah, um, it's. I, I'd I'd like to see. I mean, we we know that Luca is has got one of the best strikes in the team. We've seen that with his with his set piece. From distance, he's free kicks from distance. So, having him sort of loitering just outside the penalty area at a corner for yeah. a ball that's headed yeah. clear, I think yeah. is a useful yeah. asset. Yeah. To yeah. Right, we'll pass all this on to Roy uh, so he can implement <laughs> it in the next game. But well, you can't. The... He doesn't like you, remember? So you can't he pass anything. He loves me. To... We made it up now. We never even fell out. Um, <laughs> after the break, we're going to talk about Christian Benteke.
Welcome back to part two of the Five Year Plan podcast. Hey. Pod 303, and it's time for part two, which of course is sponsored by The Athletic. And I don't need to tell you that they are a world-class team of writers <laughs> covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace FC. <laughs> Let me get this bit done or else I don't get paid. No, he's from, um, the, he's from the Athletic. He can interrupt you. I can't. We'd ascertain that. Uh, it's a subscription-based website and app, uh, obviously completely ad-free, no annoying pop-ups and any of that jazz that happens elsewhere. Uh, welcome to the new home of football writing. And of course, if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP, you get a 30-day trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. Are you ready, Kevin, for today's article? Uh, well, I've read it, but I'm ready to, listen to, ready to hear it again. There's, uh, I've picked out my favourite bit. Uh, it's called Up to Benteke to Repay Palace's Faith, Even If They No Longer Play to His Strengths, by someone called Dom Fifield. I think he'll go far in football journalism. <laughs> um, this is my favourite bit. Benteke described last year as mm. une saison perdue. Do you, do you like my accent there? I love it. Yeah, GCSE French. It's more French than Belgian. Do you know what it means? Forgotten season. Forgotten season. An interview conducted with, I'm going to struggle with this bit, Het Lastest News. Is that right? HLN, yeah. HLN. Should have gone with that. In his native Belgium. And there's some really interesting quotes. Because um, he, uh, well, Dom, you've gone on to say, yet neither has he been helped by the slight shift in the team's approach under Roy Hodgson, with the wingers forever cutting in from the flanks yep. or midfield operating in a narrower system. The player himself acknowledged as much, suggesting the side arguably no longer plays to his strengths, which I think is something we've said on the podcast before. I no longer feel like the main target, he explained. Of course, there are matches in which I could have done better, but overall, that shift does not help me. And this is really interesting, this bit. I told the manager, yeah. coach, I love that he calls him coach. Uh, when I arrived, Zaha played on the right, Townsend on the left, and there were many crosses. Now it's the opposite. You are the boss. You decide. But it's now... <laughs> I love it if he said it like that. But it's now more difficult for me to meet the high expectations. That, that's something that we've been sort of saying on this pod anyway. So it's interesting to hear that come from the horse's mouth. You'd, you'd be amazed if Benteke wasn't pointing that out to people, to people in the team and to the coaching staff. I have to say, I didn't... I, I, it was a, It's a really good piece of writing, Dom, and I... I You've elaborated on something that we've been talking about for the whole pod, and you've put a point. I thought the most poignant bit in it, and it actually genuinely saddened me, was when he talked about he, he doesn't like going home feeling like a thief. Is it a thief yeah, in the night? Yeah. Well, he was well, talking about leaving, and there was yeah. a lot of speculation about him him going, and he didn't want to leave like a thief. I think he said, sort of, yeah, having having sort of not given his mm. best, and it's he's such. He's such a real because your heart goes out to him because everyone says he's a really and surely he would have been saying after the game on Saturday and it was a really interesting substitution for Roy because he stopped the corner basically to bring mm. him on. Surely he would have been saying afterwards, look, if you give me that sort of cross, I'm going to get that sort mm. of header because it was old time Benteke. He muscled a defender. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, to the extent I think if that had been an international game, he probably would, a, a continental referee probably would have given a foul. But he muscled a defender. He met what a good head. And like you say, what does he have to do to score? Because mm. it was a genuine world class save. But you play, you give him. I know it's a corner, but you give him the ball like that in that yeah. area, he's yeah, going to get. Attacking. He's going to get goals, and he's. He, he's absolutely right about the wing play. I mean, he, he got 17 goals in that first season. We have to keep reminding people of that because we got cross after cross after cross. Mm -hmm. And the thing with it, you don't even have to... You don't, he will generate the pace on the cross. They don't have to be brilliant crosses because mm. he will generate the pace. And he he's not as mobile as Ayu. There's no doubt about that. 
And I, the other thing I noticed when you said I oh, was got three goals already, it's like only only Palace would say three goals already. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else was he's, he's still only got three goals. But it, that, that's three the times as many in the league as well. No, I, I know, but he's, he is he is more mobile. He does not so much on Saturday, but he does work the back four and the centre yeah. backs more than Benteke does. And the problem is, Dom, and we were always pointing this out that when it, when Benteke has come on in games like against Wolves, if you replace him with AU, AU comes off, Benteke plays 20 yards deeper than mm. AU does, so their back four just moves a bit forward, mm. so the, the other the away team get the impetus. And yeah. But that's for Roy to sort out, because we have, like you say, we have got a genuine international class striker on the bench, and it's. I think it's up to us, it, as much as it's Benteke's fault, of course it is, it's also up to us, well, Palace, to I get... Have... To, to unleash his potential Can again. Come out for you this because it feels to me like if you took the qualities of Benteke and the qualities of Ayu yeah. and mix them together, you'd have the perfect yeah, striker. Yeah, Costa, but but yeah. should a should a player that costs twenty eight million pounds not be able to do those qualities as well? You know, well, he costs us a lot of money. Should we not be saying actually he can do the other not stuff? Not if you're a physically. That's like saying should why sh- should he be able to run as fast as somebody? Else? It's like. If he's physically different to AU, and he is clearly bigger. Yeah, and, I get that. I get that. So it's not his game. Mobile, but it's not his game. So I think his game has. Uh, we bought him obviously post Achilles problem. Yeah. Um, and I, he's not. He wasn't the player post Achilles as he was pre. Um, he's had two relatively long periods out whilst yeah. he's been with us with knee trouble, uh, the second of which required surgery. That has to play a part in sort of blunting yeah. him. Um, I, 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 yes, he should. He should, and he, and I, I suspect he would argue that give him a run of games, he would get into more rhythm. He would yeah. get into yeah. into, but he hasn't had that. Um, every time he's under under Roy, every time that he's sort of been playing, he's then gone down with an injury and then lost his place for one reason or another. I, I am I am sympathetic with him. Um, because we, not least during Roy's tenure, you, you go back to the first day of last season, the, the the Fulham game. He put a header on the crossbar in that game. Yeah. yeah. The Fulham return match, I think it was, when he had that sort of scissor kick that hit the crossbar. Oh, yeah. yeah amazing, that, yeah. amazing yeah. attempt. Um, he's literally, it's just not going no, in for him. Yeah. It's just not going in, and he. I don't think he gets. I don't think he's missing. You know. Chances where he doesn't have to think, instinctive chances. He's not missing them. They're, 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 well, okay, he is missing them. They're, not they're hitting the they're hitting yeah. the woodwork yeah. or they're brilliant saves. It's when he has time to think there is a problem, and that's when the confidence issue comes in. And so that you know the chance against Wolves at one 0 yeah. where he's he's sort of dawdling on the ball and he, and and the shot is scuffed. I mean, how many times have we seen him scuff shots? But when he's when he's had a bit of build-up play and a time to work out what he wants to do and it's just not come off. Yeah. And that's a confidence thing. That's yeah. a, that's, you know, that's between the years, unfortunately. Um, when he, when it's, when it's, the right delivery is in there or he's, he's given a bit of space or works a bit of space for himself to get a header onto a ball. We're, we're still seeing the old Benteke there. So what, Dominic, what's in it for, what, that contract extension which gathered so much Mm. Laughter and scorn in equal measure. What's what's in it for Palace? Because like you, that's another interesting thing you say in the piece that that seems to have been Hodgson driven, and that he was talking about that in August. But is that so they can recoup a seat? Is, is that what it is? I'm or not sure it? we should say that that was Hodgson driven. I, I, I think I think the club. I think there are a couple of factors here. The club are looking at it economically. They they pay 27 million pounds for a player um, who has indicated to them that he doesn't want to leave permanently because his family are settled in London. Uh, he's out of contract in the summer. 
they will lose him for nothing next summer. Give him another year. Maybe, maybe there's an arrangement or an agreement there. By you know, if if he hasn't played that many times come the summer and offers, there is interest out elsewhere, which might accrue Palace a fee. Maybe we'll see him leave then for a fee, and at least Palace would save a bit of face and bring in a bit of money for for his his sale. Alternatively, of course. He could now get a run of games, score a load of goals, yeah. rebuild his confidence, and suddenly you've got a player who's a real asset for the last year. How old is he now? He's only twenty-eight. Well, okay. The other, the other aspect of it all is when the when the contract was first mooted, and I don't, I don't know how long this has been signed. I suspect. I suspect it's been signed for some time. Oh, really? And they've 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 actually announced it with James Tompkins, and the Tompkins one was the one that was the sort of mm. that took more negotiation to to get that sorted. To sort I don't, bury it. I, I'm not sure on that, but I, I'm I'm that's it has been suggested to me that that might be the case. Benteke might have been signed a while back. Um, bear in mind that the continental transfer window closed at the end of August. Um, whereas ours was right at the beginning of August, just before the start of the season, there was still a window of opportunity there for Palace if he, if they had the player under contract for another year to loan him out. Oh, okay. Um, even if he if he had a six month or a year season long loan and he did really well at that at that club, and scored a lot of goals. Say for example, a club in Istanbul. Um, which was the one that had actually come forward, mm-hmm. um, money club that looking to replace Emmanuel Adebayor. Then you could potentially guarantee a sale to that club for a fee at the end of this season um, because you've got the protection of the extra year on top. So this, I know this Turkish club, but they're, they're a new name to me as yeah, well. Yeah, they? Uh, they, they did really well. Last, sorry, I, I forget you, you got it. Not, the, maybe, but <coughs> Bashan Shir, is it? The, um, but I, I just, that would be a... I imagine there's a touch of the palace about him because you imagine that goes, and Adi Boyle's going, hey, who's coming in? Ben Teke. Oh, really? <laughs> but the, I mean, what? they are a club that is rebuilding... <laughs> Careers. I think Gal Clichy was there for a yeah, long time as yeah. well. And oh wow! They've uh, and they they came second, I think, last year. They did Basak Shahir. Basak Shahir. Yeah, okay. They but they're moneyed. They, they've got money. There's not that many clubs out there that can afford Christian Benteke. Yeah, right. exactly. Okay, yeah. Um, and and, and there's so, rumours of Chinese clubs. Chi- Chinese rumours are all, they're, they're always there. Chinese whispers. Um, <laughs> but. But you should write the headlines. <laughs> right? You should do the headlines. They're not paying the wages they used to, are they? Because the Chinese government changes their... There's a cap on foreign players now. Or well, well, also, for every, if, if you pay a player £100,000 a week, you've got to match that in local yeah. funding for yeah, right. sports. So basically, you're doubling... But then again, uh, if the player doesn't want to do that. If the player, I mean, we have to bear in mind this is a this is a player with two kids, I think, of five and two. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Jim, we all know what you know. What kids? <laughs> what father does to you? <laughs> yeah. It's um, uh, he doesn't. He didn't want to leave. He he is yeah. settled in London. And yeah, I get that. I would, you know, I I I'd, I'd love it if he turns it around this season. Yeah. I think we. I think well, all everyone says that you know this better than than we do. You've got more insight into the club, I think, than we have. But everyone says he's really popular around the yeah, club I and in the train in the training ground and. Yeah, works I, on the training ground. Looks like a world-beating striker, and then suddenly well, you, you only have to look at the videos that Palace put out of, of training, and yeah. he, he's the, the same confidence that we don't see he's, on match day. Yeah, we yeah, see in training. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that that is the that must be the, the frustration for Roy Hodgson. But look, you're right. I mean, Palace have got an asset there. They've got a, their record signing. Yeah, he he has got a point. We don't play to their strengths anymore. We might. You know that might be to the benefit of the team. God, we all remember how open we were when we were playing to his strengths. Yeah. We were conceding goals left, right, and centre. That's true. Swansea yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. Swansea away. Um, Please don't mention it. <laughs> so there has to be a balance. But then I also agree. You know, you were saying that you know 
I actually think we, it's almost like the wrong way around at the moment. We're 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 bringing Benteke on for a tiring IU, and that is changing yeah, the way we're playing. Yeah. Yeah. At that point in the game, we're not flying down the wings and putting crosses in because we're invariably either holding on to a lead or yeah. holding on to a, the, 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 the coattails yeah. of a game. If it's gone the other way yeah. and you, you're bringing on Ayu to run at tiring defenders, yeah. then yeah. that makes a big difference. Just really quickly. Another note for Roy. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass yeah. all this on. Um, David Cheeseman Hi, David. says, is there a way to, we could shoehorn Benteke into the first team to play with Ayu? Could it work? And then who there loses a, that in midfield? There was a game last season... Was it Newcastle Nuno when he did start with both of them up front in the yeah, first half? It just one. didn't. Yeah, it just didn't work because it is a. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It's it nil was, nil. It was nil nil. I was. I think it's that. Or we lost one nil. Or something, but it. It just didn't work. Certainly in the first half. But I think the the interesting thing, Dominic, as well, is that Palace fans. There was some discontent at the Wolves game, but Palace fans are remarkably yeah. patient with him. Yeah. Yeah. Remarkably patient, and he clearly wants to repay that. And and I think that's because we all know that there are goals in him. And, it's, and he's still... I say this week after week, and people always tweet me and say, he's always in the Belgian squad. He doesn't always start. Mm. But he gets into one of the best squads in, in world football, so they've still got I think he him. offers a... Certainly with Belgium, he offers a very different kind of threat to all the other strikers yeah, that they have. Yeah, and they have got a lot of strikers, let's be yeah. honest. Um, and although, albeit the goal he scored against San Marino, the seventh of nine, was was actually a whip shot from outside the penalty box, area, yeah, yeah. Uh, which we'd never seen yeah. really with Palace. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I mean, just look at that header again. Just yeah. everything about it is glorious, apart and including actually the save. Yeah. Let's give them him credit because that was an incredible piece of work by the yeah. goalkeeper as well it was indeed um, so you can read that article up to Benteke to repay Palace's faith even if they no longer play to his strength at The Athletic and if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP you can start a 30 day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription let's move on to part 3 where we've got questions from our listeners <laughs> Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey! Pod 303. It's time for some questions. Uh, the first one comes from one of our patrons, and it's for you, Kevin. Hello. It's from Julian Chenery. Hi, hi, Julian. Oh, legend. He's a theatrical producer, you know. <laughs> Is he? <laughs> white trousers. Not mention that. Well, no, but you should say this. Why you wear a pair of white jeans to one home game? Because his question is, is Kevin Day the man in the white trousers? <laughs> he's, he's got that, <laughs> that bit little, between that his photo, teeth. Yeah. He's, like, he's like a little terrier. If he gets a joke in his head, that's it. He will, yeah. I'm, Never heard him described as a little terrier before. Uh, well, no, he's a massive, <laughs> big, he's a big old, he's a big old soppy Labrador is what he is, basically. <laughs> so did the white trousers not go down? I didn't go to the game, so I, I missed it. I, it. it didn't even occur to me, to be perfectly honest, that maybe the Porson's Arms pre-match <laughs> isn't a place to bowl up in a pair of white jeans, basically. But mm. you know, it, it seemed to cause some amusement, and that's my job in life. So there you there go. There you go. Everyone's happy. As, as Screw says at the end of Christmas Carol, so long as people are laughing, I don't mind if it's at me or with me. But Julian's really got that. But and if you know if he he likes to think apparently I look like Stephen Mangan in the poster, so I'll take that. That's fine. <laughs> and uh, it, you know, yeah, you will you take know, that. You can't. On a balance point out, you can't even see the top of Julian's trousers basically at the moment. Right, there you go. Let's crack on. <laughs> Next question. Is Hi Julian. From, Hi Julian. Love, love you. Oh, and Julian, of course, is part of the WhatsApp club. Jason Punchantier, five dollars a month at mm-hmm. patreon.com forward slash fyp podcast. I've just seen as we we're recording, someone else has joined. So welcome. Ooh, great. Um, Which tier have they joined? The Jason Punchantier. Oh, which tier do they have to join to get on the pod? 
Jeff the Julian's Veroni picture. $20 a month. And some people have, so we'll be getting some guests on the pod very soon. Uh, and one of them is Julian. Uh, right, this question comes from Paul HS. Hi, Paul. He says, do we genuinely think we will sign a striker in the transfer window or do we think we'll just end up signing a fullback on loan and no one else? And on top of that, Chaz Lucas, Hi, Chaz. second hey, question Chaz. for him this week, says, if you believe the rumours about Giroud, would you take, who would you take out of him and Mitchie? Not a bad choice. Uh, worth factoring in Giroud, likely to be considerably cheaper. Dominic's come to you. <laughs> Do we know anything about strikers and anything about this Giroud stuff? Or is it just is it just that Palace-Chelsea link sort of playing up again? I, well, there, there are two Chelsea strikers who are particularly frustrated at the moment and not getting much game time. Um, and I can see the logic in, in both of them to Palace. Although having I interviewed Giroud last season uh, for The Guardian and... He said that he would never want to play for a club that isn't competing for honours. Mm. Um, but we so are I'd... sixth. <laughs> also, I don't think our mirrors are big enough in the dressing room for, for him. Really, you know. yeah. I think that would be. I think that would represent a bit of a climb down yeah. if uh, Olivier was to rock up at Sellers. To be honest, I know. Like, Michi, they tried in the summer. Uh, they had conversations with the with the agent. They have a good relationship with the agent. Um, he will not. He he wanted to stay at Chelsea because I think he was under the impression that well, he thought that he would be in that team ahead of yeah. Tammy Abraham yeah, yeah. and Olivier Giroud. And he, in fairness, in, in pre-season, he was very good. Um, but he's, it's not worked out that way. And I suspect that he is far more likely to come back to Palace, I'd, I'd suggest, most likely on loan mm, yeah. in January than, than, um, than Giroud. Uh, but I do expect Palace to, to invest in a striker and... And and a fullback um, in in January. I think they'll definitely make they, they may they may make arrangements depending on where they are defensively at the time. It may be that they're looking at players that they they actually end up signing signing in the summer. Um, I know they've been they're looking closely at the lad at West Bromwich Albion Ferguson, um, who a lot of clubs are looking at as well, uh, which is always bad news for Palace. <laughs> <laughs> but but it shows that they're they're in the market. I really yeah. like the uh, yeah. lad at QPR, Ezzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was yeah, brilliant yeah. at the weekend. Yeah, well, he, it was almost a a Wilf yes type goal, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, the whole performance. The penalty, QPR yeah. put a video yeah. out of his whole performance. It was very very well. You'd like to hope we're doing the business already, though, rather than waiting for January. But well, well, I, I, they will be. Look, I know I know you've got your issues with Dougie, but I I and, I, uh, and vice versa. Mutual. I I think. There are certain issues at Palace in terms of of uh, how much money they have to spend, how much investment. The, the ownership is a massive, massive elephant yeah. in the room. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and it's difficult for a sporting director to do deals when um, he doesn't really have the funds that most clubs will be wanting for those players. But I I suspect he is out there working very hard towards getting stuff done and I think he will get stuff done. What about the theory, partly sustained by us, that <laughs> the most suitable fit for Wilf is going to Chelsea once their transfer bans? I, in the summer, I would have agreed wholeheartedly with that. Right. I would have thought it would have been the perfect fit. Um, it was the type of player that Chelsea needed to um, yeah, to, to, to revive post-transfer ban. Having seen how their kids have played mm. and how Callum Hudson Odoi has played yeah. of late, yeah. I don't see where there is a, a route in for Wilf anymore. I mean, look at that, that can change. Yeah. And kids, uh, young young players, they will go up and down in terms of their forms. But I've, 
I've covered Chelsea for 12 years and I've never known an atmosphere like it at that club at the moment in terms Whoa. of the optimism. Really? At, wow. at a club where who are actually probably points-wise are doing as badly as they've done in yeah. that period, yeah. bar maybe one season under Jose. But there's such a sense of optimism and the whole place has been completely revitalised by Frank Lampard wow. and the fact that the kids are getting a chance. And I just and think doing it, well. And doing really, uh, really well. And if they signed, if they signed Wilfred Zaha... Um, as much as we love him, and and I wouldn't ever want him to leave Palace, um, but if he went there, it would be at the expense of one of their local, one of their home yeah, talents, okay, and yeah, it would yeah. be really difficult for him. I think. Yeah, well, it's also, interesting. I just thought their embargo might play into our hands because Lampard has played the kids. That means, as you say, there are quite a few decent players oh, who want to get some away, great talent. Got and some we're not. Talent. I think Steve Parrish is really optimistic. I don't think there's a club in the Premier League that's going to pay 80 million quid no. up front. No. No. Chelsea have got players. Where's Loftus Cheek at the way? Is he getting that? Too? He's, he injured? Uh, he's, been, he's injured. He's coming injured. from his Achilles, but he's back soon. Right. And, you know, and he is. They miss him. Yeah. He was. I, I reckon from January onwards last season, he was their best player. Absolutely wow, really? drove them forward through midfield. Was excellent in the Europa League run. Um, was sorry, sort of belatedly decided that actually, yeah, he's he can play. He's, he's a player. Yeah. Um, he's, he's he's outstanding, and and you know he'll obviously need time to to get back into the rhythm of it all after an Achilles problem. In the same way that Hudson Odoi took a while to get back in with the same injury, but they've got so many good young players. Mason Mount has has just been a revelation in at this level. Um, I mean, Tamori, Tamori, they were ready to let go yeah. to, to Everton on loan. Really? Yeah. And yet he's just, he's first choice at the half. Straight my fantasy team. It's strange, well. it, was it Man United beat them 4-1 first game? 4-0. 4-0. Four 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 you'd yeah. much rather be a Chelsea fan at the moment than oh, the Man United fan. Yeah. It, and it's about time, actually. They've got so many yeah. youngsters. It's yeah, about yeah, time yeah. they gave them uh, a go. Speaking of youngsters, Stu Norris won. Hi, Stu. Uh, who used to be my... Uh, Youth team football coach at Oxted. Hi, Stu. Thanks wow. for believing in me. Um, the, says, the wrong end of Oxted? Or the... <laughs> there is no wrong end of Oxted. <laughs> <laughs> said, um, with Dalian Street now playing in a Palace shirt for the under-23s, when can we expect to see Day and Endicott attracting <laughs> the attention of the club scouts? <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, you won't remember this, Dominic. Right? But there used to be a, a big bloke who used to sell peanuts at the back of the homes now. Right. You might see me and Endicott in a white coat selling peanuts at the back of the hose now again, but I think both of, for both of us, our playing days are over, unfortunately. That's a shame. Um, so we've had a few questions as well about Wilf. Uh, I'm going to read them all out. So Paul King Hi, Paul. says, why, do, why does Wilf think swanning about sulking is going to get him noticed by a quote-unquote big club? Sam Moyler says, why wasn't Wilf subbed against City? His attitude mm. stinks, three exclamation marks. And Mark Adams says, why, how bad does Zaha need to be before he is substituted? I don't, I don't, hi, Mark. I don't remember oh. him being particularly that bad. It didn't stand out to me he was that bad at the weekend. And the attitude thing is interesting because I, I, don't, I don't see him as a sulker. I, I just see him as that. He's just a... a that's just part of his, it's, it's his really, makeup. It's really interesting, and those. It's strange how you view games differently because all four of those Man City fans, after were furious with Zahar afterwards because they said he was just really niggly, really dirty. Didn't I? I thought he the last two games. I thought he was back to old Wilf, but I he he looked sulky to me on Saturday. He didn't. It was hard to see where he fitted into the system we were playing. To be perfectly honest, mm. but he. He spent a lot of time watching the ball go by him. Without he didn't do his defensive work. Is the sulkiness all. not just sort of part of the wealth package? It's sort of, yeah. And he, you know, he, one of the reasons he's not going to go to a top team like Man City or Liverpool is that he simply doesn't buy into the the wholehearted eleven players in the team defensive unit thing. I think, and also he's not better than players they've got. But 
you, it was difficult for him on Saturday. He was always he's always going to be a peripheral player, really, because he's not the out. He's you know I was the out ball, not Wilf. He's he's always going to be picking up bits and pieces. He he yeah. When he did get back, he was giving fouls away, so it wasn't his best game. But there again, it wasn't the best game for many Palace players. But I think Wilf could score a hat trick in the next two games, and there'll still be Palace fans who think he's sulking. But that that perception from outside the club as well, Dom, is interesting because he's he, he's like number one pantomime villain in the Premier League, and all fans outside Palace hate him. Yeah, but that's because they 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 see him as the only threat in Palace's ranks, and yeah. and they're right for that. I mean, he they they didn't like the fact he went down under challenge from Sterling, uh, but he just stumbled and he didn't even appeal for the penalty. He, didn't, he, just, no, he, didn't, no. he got up again. I think that's a legacy of the the game on the. December the thirty first, a couple of seasons back, when when Sterling conceded the penalty against him in the last minute, um, and they they remembered that. I I didn't think I didn't think um, it wasn't his best game. No, I I feel sorry for him in matches like that though, because he that is the type of game that illustrates to Wilfred Zaha what it would be like to play in yeah. an elite team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Where he's, yeah they point. have all the ball, all the ball. Yeah. He could just he wouldn't have to do the same amount of defensive duty. I know he he would be required to, but he wouldn't have to because the opponents wouldn't they wouldn't have they wouldn't be under as much pressure as yeah, having said Palazzo. that though, Dom. He could also look at their players like Sterling, for example, and think, well, he's yeah. He's up. He puts. He's tackling back. As and in most. fairness, yeah, he, he got back and tackled me. Yeah, I mean, Sterling works so hard yeah. down outside. He, but that's something you'd starting. have to learn. I mean, he, yeah. and I don't think anyone. I think these elite teams, and we, we and I, I don't want to contradict what I just said, but I, I think an elite team would look at Zaha and see the, the his attributes, his his attacking attributes, the skill, the pace, the directness of his running, the fact that he he does attract defenders and open space up yeah. for everybody else and they would believe that their coaching would gain would glean more from him defensively yeah, and sure, the attitude sure, would change yeah, sure. um yeah. and that and, and they would have faith in that and and, and uh, you know probably with with good reason and i just think he looks at a match like that and uh, what, you know when palace have 20 percent of the possession and when they do get it to him it's a sort of lumped ball, and he's got and he's expected one of the, to do, the, yeah, the world's yeah. most expensive fullbacks but, suddenly snapping yeah, at his heels. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. But you couldn't see him. To be honest, you look at Liverpool, and Man City. You couldn't see him getting into those teams. Even Wilf at his best would struggle to get into those teams, wouldn't he? Well, I, I mean, doesn't get into the City team, but when Mares plays, he's he's praised. I mean, he was excellent. I went to the Brighton game in the last season. He was outstanding that day, and I could see Wilf. I could see Wilf having that kind of role. I don't think Wilf would necessarily be happy with a bit part role, exactly, which is what probably yeah. what he'd be taking on. Yeah, yeah. But then he he might balance that out with he might enjoy the games more. He might enjoy having his with his team having more of the ball um, than, than he does at the moment. It'd be interesting. It would be interesting. I don't. It's not something I want to see because I I, I, I Wolves are is the best player I've ever seen play for Palace. Yeah. What's your instinct as a journalist then about where he'll be next season? Not not another club, but will, will he be at Palace next season? Do you think? I think he'll be at Palace post January. Um, I think if a club came in and offered a deal that was worth eighty million pounds, that wasn't money necessarily all up front, mm. um, then Palace would be tempted to 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 sell um, because I think there is now very much this this agreement with Wilf in place that you know. We understand your yeah, frustrations, yeah, of and if we can guarantee that amount of money, and we can also plan how we use it, and we and we change the way we we play, because that's what we're going to have to do yeah. when he goes. Yeah. Um, as long as there's that that level of 
you know, it's all done in good time, and and then then I can see a scenario where he leaves. But then, yeah, how many clubs are going to do that? Mm. And I, if it, yeah. I, he, he must look at he might look at Everton now and think, well, actually, I'm pretty glad I didn't go yeah, there, yeah, yeah, given yeah. what's happened there this season. Yeah, I, I I think there's a genuine scenario where he stays at Palace forever. <laughs> Is that I, your I would head, love yeah. that. Um, final few questions then. Keith Edowles Hi, Keith. says, where, full stop, is, full stop, and in capitals, Camarasa! <sighs> what do we think? I, again, this is one of those where Dominic might have more... Would you like to see him as a fan playing? Or I'll be perfectly honest. I, I didn't notice him enough at Cardiff. to, to get, I, I'm going on what I've told about how good a player he is. Um, it was hard watching Cardiff last season to pick out individual players because of the situation they're in, but his reputation yeah. is is a very good one, and everyone talks about it. And I, I, my instinct or my what I've heard is that Roy didn't particularly fancy him in the first place. So, but you know, Roy takes a long time to mm-hmm. before he picks players. Normally, he likes to really make his mind up about them, and he likes to look at them for two or three months but I, I've got a feeling that he's going to be one of those great what-ifs that we may never see him in a play in the Premier League game I, I, I don't know Dominic may have, well have more insight Jose Campagna I, but, part two but he's not we know this well exactly yeah but we know the sort of midfield player Roy likes and we've got four or five of them and I suspect all of those will get in the team before Camarasa, I can't ever see him starting a game, and and you've, then you've got Mayo, who would probably start before yeah, Camarasa would do for the for the energetic, skillful. But uh, you know, he's a big lad, and he's got a range of passing skills well, and we were, his dead ball situations. We were told he's, he's exactly really good for set now, pieces. So it's, good, it's yeah. a strange. Situation. Is he just not quite a Roy sort of player? I, I, I think Roy is assessing that now. I think I think this is. I I, I didn't see enough of Camarasa at the start of last season, so I, I, Cardiff fans would probably correct me, but. When when he stood out at Cardiff was actually in December time when he when he came to Palace he was he was the best player on the pitch mm. in the nil nil draw a one sided nil nil draw but he was still yeah. outstanding yeah. he was the one player that posed a threat from their ranks and then he scored an absolutely unbelievable goal against Leicester away I think a few days later oh yeah um, for for Cardiff and so I I don't know whether he'd been playing regularly prior to that point but it may be that this is a player that takes a few months to adjust to new surroundings he come from Spain to Cardiff and adjusted to a, a new division maybe we'll see the best of him come the turn of the year possibly um, the other thing to bear in mind is that post West Ham Roy was asked about McCarthy a player that only really knows the Premier League a bit of Scottish football obviously but the Premier League of, in recent times and not very much last season but mm. He said McCarthy's still a way off getting to learn how we are play, can oh, play. So if he's saying that about McCarthy, mm. you imagine he's saying a lot, well, similar lines, but yeah. probably it's a, it's a further route for Camarasa to go to get into this team. And if you're on loan, then it doesn't give you much time. No, it, it doesn't. But then if, if Camarasa shows enough quality in the second half of the season, say... Um, and that, and he's willing to stay. Um, Fifteen million pounds these days. I know mm. it's a lot of money for Palace, but it's it's yeah. not that much. That is a sort of that's a championship sort of mm. fee these days. So if he shows even flashes and that he can adapt to what Roy wants, or if Roy if Roy isn't there next, going to be there next season. Well, I, I suspect he will be. But if he if he isn't, then that he could he could. Uh, 
add something to the squad next season, then I imagine that that deal will go through. I mean, it's I don't know whether there's a certain number of games he has to play to trigger a permanent move. It was all done with a view to a permanent. Um, fifteen million pounds, fifteen million pounds isn't isn't considered a lot yeah. these days, and it's particularly when you sort of amortise it over a five-year contract, you're not actually paying that much. Yeah. Um, he won't be on massive, massive you wages. You still want, either. even for that money, someone to be playing, though, don't you? Yeah, but, but, yeah, but that's my point. It, it, it would have to be over the second half of the season where he he, he, Impressive. he shows that he can he, he can cut it. Yeah. Um, um, that word, I only learned that word, amortise, on the Marathon March <laughs> from Julian. <laughs> Who from? Yeah, 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 so imagine. basically that means it's... You, it's three million a year. Yeah, you borrow, yeah essentially. Good. Well, I'm, I'm learning as well. Um... One last question then, from Paul Beard. Hi, Paul. Hey, Paul. He says, is this a question you will not answer? Well, if this well, is an answer, yes. Oh, cool. okay, that's thrown me. It's one of the great philosophy questions. Is this a question? Yes, if this is an answer. Okay. I think we should probably leave it there, shouldn't we, Dom? Because I'm <laughs> going to have to think about that don't during the break. On, don't start me on the sound of one hand clapping. <laughs> I won't, because I don't, I don't want to hear it. Um, while won't. I ponder that question... That's the simple answer. So oh, why when everyone that says that, what's the sound of one hand clapping? Nothing. And yes, bears do defecate in the woods occasionally, but not polar bears. Shark v. Eagle, eagle, always. Good, so OK. That's well, we'll the, get... three, the three great philosophical questions sorted. We'll be answering more important questions like that on next week's <laughs> you'll get podcast. Tw- I guarantee you'll get more tweets about those three questions next Probably. week than any other question. <laughs> It'll be camera saying, what do you mean shark v. eagle? It's shark always, no, eagle. That's a bold choice. Um, after the break, we're going to be mean, preview. We'll talk about this off air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, we won't. Uh, sort of feel, is... feel as if I shouldn't be here anymore. <laughs> Why did I ask that question? Um, after break, we're going to preview Palace's trip to the Emirates. Uh, welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey, of course, Pod it's an eagle. Three. <laughs> Pod 303, sponsored by... Well, no one. No one. Why have I said sponsored by? That feels like what you said back in the day. Muscle memory, memory, basically. Sponsored by the Athletic Part 2. Bit of a slap in the face for the athletic bloke who's sitting in it, really. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Right. Arsenal on Sunday. 4.30 kick-off. Live on TV. Uh, Two questions about this. One from Norman J.D. Norman Jamie Brody that we did answer a bit earlier says who would you start at the back alongside Cahill Tompkins went off so is he fully fit we sort of covered this earlier the Tompkins we did is, Kelly, if Kelly for me it would be Kelly so I if guess this is a fitness yeah, question if he's, sorry, yeah, if he's fit it would be, you know, I, I would go back to Kelly and Cahill if he's fit definitely yeah do you follow that? That that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't think it was a, a major problem for Kelly no. but, with the groin, but um, I guess it's a bit of a concern. Um, Tompkins, I don't think he was injured when he came off. I think he was just couldn't get through ninety minutes at this yeah. stage of his right. recovery. Of his recovery. Yeah, uh, I'd go with Kelly as well. To be yeah, fair, good. got great hair, and that always is important for me. Um, Daniel Skipsy. Hi, Daniel. Hey, Skipsy. What a name. Um, great name, isn't it? Says, call me pessimistic. Not with a name like Skipsy. You can't be pessimistic with a name like Skipsy. <laughs> That's true. Um, but as well as we've been playing, I'm not expecting to pick up any points at all from the next four games. How disastrous would that be, though, if we lost them all? Really enjoying the pod and hearing your points of view. Thanks, it's, mate. It's, um, I am expecting us to pick up some points from the next four games. Including uh, Sunday? Uh, yeah, I... Uh, 
Arsenal, there's always a problem with Arsenal. If Lacazette and Aubameyang are fit and playing, they they are nearly world class strikers. They're very they're very mobile. But the rest of the team, yeah, you can get yellow cards out of most of that team. They're quite a young team. Yeah, but um, they ended with Martinelli last night and the other lad numbers. Willock and Saka. Willock yeah. and, and I. I think I don't think they're a team we should be scared of. I mean, I generally don't. I think we should we should go there. I, I you know, they're the team above us in the table. I think. And I have. I certainly don't have the, the trepidation I had before the Man City game, or will have before the Liverpool game. Mm. Except for that caveat that they too they do have very good stuff, and their record at home is is good. Albeit they've they've conceded goals in every game except the they beat Bournemouth one 0 But apart from that, they've conceded goals and every, and they are so vulnerable to set pieces. Yeah, as, they were, the as they were last night, and yeah. and I was good in the air. But I think that's something we should be exploiting. Is that, and we I know it sounds cynical, but we should be looking to Wilf and Schlupp if he starts to to buy the you know, is a a walking yellow mm-hmm. card, basically, and they will get a yellow card first. Shaka or Luca? Shaka, I would, I would suspect. <laughs> Big close, though, it's, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think Arsenal are a team generally a team to be feared. I don't think they they're not going to finish anywhere near the top four, and I I wouldn't be surprised if we're in a similar situation to them at the end of the season. You know, famous last words, but I think obviously the victory there in April will obviously mm-hmm. give us confidence going into it. Absolutely, and and yeah, you cling to that. I'm I'm, I'm slightly more pessimistic than than, than Kevin on it. I, I think. I actually think that at home in particular, um, the prowess they've got going forward can mask their deficiencies at the back and, and, well, and certainly compensate for them. So I, I think, I mean, you only have to remember what they did. Was it the season before last? Yeah, they scored four, four before four, half time? In like 20 minutes or yeah, something. Yeah, sort of the Spurs capitulation yeah. of the other week. But So I'm slightly wary. Um, I also... So I'd like them, I'd like them to have got a result actually at Bramall Lane because I'm sort of sick and tired of playing these big teams when they've just <laughs> had an awful result. Um, I mean, City were the same, um, Spurs as well. I think um, it's it, we, so that I, it, it, we'll have to rely on the sort of resilience as ever that when we play well away from home, that's what that is our forte. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. what we do, and then, and then hope that we can pick them. Apart on the break, and then we will create opportunities if, and 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 you know we will have the option of of a Benteke late on in the game, presumably, um, to to hurt them defensively at the set plays in particular. But I I am slightly wary, and I, I, April was amazing. Winning at the Emirates was amazing, mm. um, and, and what a, a brilliant thing to enjoy. But I I don't think we should be kidding to thinking that's the norm. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say how refreshing it is to have somebody more pessimistic than me. <laughs> sorry, I, I, thought think, that I, don't think that. I don't think anybody's ever said that. Sorry. Well, just sorry. really quick, can I round off the pod? But did yeah. you see the quote from Roy after the game against Messi, where he said something? I can't. I'm trying to find it uh, online. Something like, "We've now got our coat peg in order, or our hat peg in order." Did you see that? No. Ah, oh, someone mentioned it on a different podcast. You sure this wasn't in the baby book that you've been reading? <laughs> it was some classic Roy Hodgson quote. We've now got our coat peg. Oh, never mind. I cut this bit because I can't find it. Um, <laughs> that said, though, we'll, we'll, we'll wallop Leicester because we always wallop Leicester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So we'll get points in that one. Yeah. And, and Chelsea away isn't isn't frightening. The kids will have a bad day yeah, now yeah. and again. Liverpool go. at home. God, we all remember Chris Dan Ball. I mean, yeah. come on. So we're back in the top. We're back in the top four by Christmas. Easy. <laughs> I just got to try and balance the well, it's Also, the other question is how is he said how much of a disaster would it be? if we didn't get any points out of the, the next four games, 
for the last two seasons, that would be a disaster. But mm. we're in a relative position of strength compared to where, we, where we've been before. Um, and like I say, and then we've got the five games afterwards that you would expect us to get points from. So I, I'm, I've been saying, Don, we shouldn't be looking at, before the City game, we shouldn't be saying how many points do we get off the next five games, say how many do we get off the next ten, Yeah, essentially. And if we get even 12 points out of those games, we're on 26 points by, by Christmas, which yeah. for us would be remarkable. Well, and then if we have our traditional post-Christmas yeah, run yeah. with a new yeah. striker, then... Could be very interesting. Well, get your... gar- guaranteed that Batshuayi's coming in. That's, that's... get your passports. Uh, hold on. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, right. That's how it works. <laughs> it's it's documented that'll now. Be, that'll be on news, Palace News now tomorrow. Uh, Kevin Day, <laughs> thanks for being on the pod. It's always a pleasure. Uh, Dom, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure. Brilliant to have you back on the pod. And thanks for listening. There'll be a post-match pod, of course, from the Emirates on Three Sunday. And. <laughs> thought that had ended and then we'll be back with the main pod next week but otherwise enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you again soon bye It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.